Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 43. And we got the full crew here tonight. Justin is back. I don't think he's happy about the events of the weekend, but he's back and here to talk about it. Uh, we got two weeks of pent up frustration, I think, to get out tonight. Um, and I'm really anxious to hear, to hear, hear his thoughts on, on not only this last game against UCLA for UW, um, but also the game against Oregon State. Um, before we get into that, obviously want to welcome back Justin and uh, how are you doing, man? How, how's the last couple of weeks been for you? And outside of obviously sports and football, uh, it sounds like life is good. Life is good, you know. I mean, wedding planning and such. So getting, yeah, you know, making final cuts to the list. You know, fun it's, wedding activities. It's come. It's gonna come up like sooner than you think, man. It's, it's you know, ten months seems far away, but then it's just gonna happen. It will. I promise. <laughs> Justin hit me with the classic, you know, putting a wedding together text like, hey, what's your address again? So, you know, I'm looking forward to being invited, Justin. You're welcome. <laughs> I already had your address, Connor. So I couldn't find Sam's. Yeah, cool. Well, you just you just came just over came a couple over. weeks ago. So yeah. I'm assuming that's why. So we Connor's got that. Like, Yo, you up. didn't ask me. I guess I mean Connor's <laughs> not invited. <laughs> well, this podcast just got really awkward. <laughs> Oh, no, not yet. Um, we'll talk about the greatest setting in a second. Um, oh, no, it, no, I'm doing well. I have my longboard island lager, so things can't be too terrible, you know. So nice. we're not sipping on water. We got the lager. Um, chilling, going to Atlanta to see my good friend, listener of the podcast, Tyler. So if you're listening, we're going to a Braves game uh, this weekend. Oh, cool. Wow. Wait, nice. you're going to the playoffs? That's mm-hmm. awesome. I know. Crazy. Haven't been since 01. He's getting ready for getting all spruced up for next year's playoff run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to see what it's like. Yeah, you have to let us yeah. know. You have to let us know what playoff baseball is like. Cause I don't remember it at all. Assume. I mean, if the Braves win in five games or less, I guess there won't be a game though. So I'm banking on the Dodgers winning two of gotcha. the three. But... So, so you have tickets to game five, game six, six. Gotcha. Baseball does two, three, two. It's weird. Do you get fully refunded though if like there is mm-hmm. no game then? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Same I would assume you... so, but the... yeah. <laughs> I was it was just like, like, wait, are you taking like a bet on the is there's gonna be like a game seven? No, but that's anyway. too risky for me. Sam, are you having whiskey tonight or are you going full water boy? Oh no, no, no. I'm on the whiskey train after those performances for sure. I mean, this husky team really was upsetting this weekend and we're going to get into it so yeah it's a for sure a whiskey podcast today jack daniels is the call as always steady eddie unlike our quarterback how about you connor what are you sipping on uh i mean same as last week because it worked so well um it's manhattan season so i got i got myself a a little manhattan it's really the only thing that's going to cheer me up right now besides talking to you boys about this so um I'm usually the one to kind of start off, but again, Justin was not on last week. So I really want him to kind of take the lead. I think at least on this, on this review part of, of the last game. And if you want to touch on the Oregon state game, you too, you can too, Justin, since you didn't get to talk about it last week. 
what's going on with this team, man? Like, like, what are you observing that is obviously not working? Um, what are some players that are obviously not performing up to the level that we expect them to? And it, I mean, is it, is it, is it player execution? Is it coaching? Is it, um, you know, unluckiness? <laughs> is it just football? Um, where are you time, team, how much man? time you got, Connor? Uh, I mean, <laughs> as long as you want to talk, man, I will uh, let you go. I'm going to open with a question. Okay. Why did we expect Dylan Morris to be good? Honestly, did you want to go, Sam? I, I mean, I, I have a open but... both of you. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know that I was expect. I mean, I was expecting him to be slightly above average quarterback. Like mm-hmm. I expected him to be going into the season. I expected him to be a, a slight step behind Jake Browning, maybe. And the reason why I felt that way was you're taking into consideration what he did in 2020. And I get like 2020 is appearing to be more of a misnomer than we could have all thought it was. But if you zoom in on his play, he, he definitely wasn't an accurate quarterback last year. He had problems with the deep ball, even on some of the big plays he made, I'm thinking of the long, you know, crossing route to Puka Nakua took it 65 yards. Like that was actually a terrible throw behind him like he wasn't really throwing people open so there was definitely some concerns there but what was really exciting about dylan morris was his playmaking ability like he was lights out on third down third and longs he seemed to always make a completion finding kate otten obviously the big comeback against utah he had a huge hand in those drives key third down completions to puka to cade on the final drive he almost brought us back against Stanford in the second half. And so you kind of got excited about like the little accuracy and timing things and technique are things that you can coach, but he seemed to possess that, like put the team on your back and will the team to victory type mentality at the quarterback position in 2020. And so I think coming into the year, you expect him to not just lose that edge that he seemed to possess last year and then maybe develop some of the actual skill set a bit more. And so I thought he'd be an improved quarterback. I didn't think that he was going to be the best quarterback in the conference for sure. But that's my answer to your question. Why I thought he would be better is because the things he was good at seemed like the things that you can't coach and the things that he had room for improvement on are things that you can absolutely coach. And it seems like he's gotten worse in both of those areas, which is flabbergasted. It's funny you say that. Like, I remember, I, I agree with all the points that you made and he had a really strong spring. I mean, I know I was going into the season you guys talked me off of the ledge, but I was like, I want to see Sam Heward by the second half of the Michigan game. I was saying that for oh, a long geez. time. Yeah hindsight's 2020 now and you guys are like no 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 that's way too soon maybe the ucla game right um which was what we're going to talk about in a second but i just look at you know just the numbers and the numbers don't tell the whole story but looking at last year he had four touchdowns in four games three interceptions um 60.9 completion percentage and then you look at this year's stats and he has 60 percent completion percentage eight touchdowns eight interceptions so that almost that same one-to-one ratio so while he can have drives and this ucla game by the way was his best 
most accurate game, I should say. Um, so you look at some of the stats and you say, oh, it's very similar. He had, he had those run of drives that he put together last year um, in those second halves that made it maybe appear um, like he was heading somewhere and generated that excitement. But I don't know that he's shown any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, improvement from last year at all. And so progression, for, to, yeah. to progression. So to go six games where I'm going, this is, I don't blame for starting the season, but to go six games, to go circle all the way back to your question, Connor, is it coaching? Is it players? Is it cetera? It's everybody. And all right now, everyone needs to be fired. So let, what do I mean by that? The offensive play calling needs to go. The quarterback needs to be fired. Some linebackers for sure need to get sit their ass on the bench. And this team needs a total rebuild um, within their team and within the players and within the coaching and the mentality and et cetera, because I don't give the bullshit that Jimmy Lake says we're three plays away from being five and one. Well, guess what? You're two and four and you're a losing football team. When you had, and you sold us on a championship winning offensive line, a college football playoff contending team with wide receivers that are playmakers. And that's true, but you have to have a quarterback to get it to them. Um, a running back with four dynamic running backs and the, the running back we thought would be the worst going into the season is actually our best. Who would have fucking thought? Come right? on, Pleasant. Yeah. And then the second best, Sean McGrew, is who we thought the second worst would be. Right. It, it, it's just a total failure across the board. And for Jimmy Lake, I, I won't say anything. I'll let you guys, to, Jimmy Lake, to come out and say some of the things he did post game and what he said today just shows he has no awareness, no lack, so total lack of improvement and watching the film and understanding what's actually happening. Uh, maybe it's just a general stubbornness thinking he knows everything. And it makes me think, man, losing coach K was a huge deal. Maybe, maybe Jimmy Lake's been a fraud ever since he's been calling plays and it's been a coach K defense and Jimmy Lake's only good at defensive backs. I'm getting really dark here, but I'm wondering how much of a fraud and a used car salesman Jimmy Lake really is. I'll end my soapbox there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a valid thought somebody that was going to play devil's advocate and I'm not saying I'm taking this position would just point to the two second half and fourth quarter collapses that the Texas defense has had against Oklahoma and Oklahoma yeah. state mm -hmm. under Pete Kukowski is not exactly lighting the world on fire down there right now either. So, you know, I agree with you. I, I think that that's definitely a, a valid thought. And I was always of the opinion that it, the Defensive success we had at UW was way more to do with PK than it ever did with Lake. I've always felt that way. But I think taking this thread one, one layer deeper is maybe it's a damnation on the entire staff's coaching philosophy of defense. Because it's not working for Pete Kwiatkowski anymore in Texas. It's obviously not working for us with Lake and Gregory. I saw the announcers were getting pissed or they weren't getting pissed, but they were calling out Pete Kwiatkowski in obvious rundowns, you know, being stubborn with two high safeties and we're slamming the table for the same reasons here with UW. So maybe it's less about the actual coaches and who's in charge of what and when, and it's the defensive philosophy, much like our offense is becoming outdated. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems to be a schematic thing. I mean, it. you said it right there that 
it's a numbers game a lot of times when it when it comes down to running the football and being stubborn with the numbers that you're putting in the box, which UW has never really done. It's it. I mean, it's the way to beat us. It's it's the card that everyone's playing against us now, and we've seen this. It, this is what frustrated me so much about this UCLA game. It was it was just after coming back from the bye week. I'm like, maybe they'll make a couple of adjustments. Maybe they'll uh, they'll show something different. They'll put a couple different spins on on their scheme. No, it was the same shit, different day. Like like we lost the same exact way against UCLA that we did against Oregon State. Same way that we lost to Montana earlier in the year. Oh yeah, that happened still. And by the way, Jimmy, we're maybe two or three plays away from being undefeated in the conference, but we're also two or three players from two or two or three plays away from not winning a game in the conference. Remember, we just almost lost a cow a few weeks ago. Like that's bad. Cal's bad. <laughs> okay. Um, another, another thing that bugs me. Sorry, I just need to cut in. No, good. Yeah, uh, I, I was pretty much done. You guys previewed it very well that UCLA is a very good at running the football and they have a dynamic, not quarterback necessarily, but athlete, very, very dynamic athlete in DTR, their quarterback. And what we knew going into the games saying, hey, we need him to beat us in the air. And he had a nice day throwing the ball, all considering, right? I mean, a lot of short check downs and et cetera, pretty accurate throwing the ball, missed a couple of throws, but generally pretty clean. But we cannot let UCLA run for 237 yards and six yards a carry when we know that's the strength of their team and that's the weakness. And yeah, what they're not even hiding to, it. <laughs> when Sam alluded to of us, you know, playing two high safeties every down on obvious running situations, um, you know, having seven in the box at the most is absolutely absurd to me. Like we have who are our best players on defense, arguably is Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon, right? You could make an argument for others, but they're two of our best players, right? Yeah. And so let's make them beat us through the air and make, win one-on-one -on -one coverages throughout the field. And Bookie's a hell of an athlete too. Yeah. Make them beat us there. And it, it just blows my mind. It seems like absolutely basic football 101 uh, that you would adjust your strategy to the team that you're playing and you haven't, you know, two great UCLA running backs, but really only Charbonnet was killing us and played in this game and gashed us for 6.2 yards of carry. You think you would adjust to that, but maybe, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's, the, it's the, I mean, really it goes back to just even the preview episode for this UCLA game, talking about the bye week I mean, if anybody listened to that podcast and then watched this game, they would rightfully assume that I'm pretty pissed. I mean, it's the time to make changes. You have two weeks to make any sort of obvious change in coaching staff and personnel players on the field schematics offensively defensively like are we going to do anything different and the fact that we came out and just ran the same shit another day is just the biggest damnation on the season like i don't expect us to win any other games besides maybe against arizona and maybe against wazoo and who knows if any changes are going to be made in the off season and Right now, it's pretty bleak as a Husky fan. Like, there's no reason for us to be hopeful. Like, even in even I don't know. Like, even if, if you look at the Seahawks, that was my also that was my example last week. Was like our defensive backfield sucks for the Seahawks. 
And like, yeah, you could argue they should have done more in the off season than they did to address it. But at least what we're six weeks, seven weeks into the NFL season and how many defensive backs have we seen rotated through the starting rotation already? Like at least they're trying something. If the res- the results might not be showing, but at least they're trying different things. Like you've seen Sidney Jones come in, Trey Flowers out, brought in Akella Witherspoon. He's gone. Trey Brown comes in, looks pretty good. Like at least it gives me something as a Seahawks fan, as shitty as the games have gone. Like at least there's some glimmer of hope that they're trying to do something different. And that again, like the microcosm of that example of their defensive backfield. But like, you have none of that as a Husky fan. There's nothing you can take away from this UCLA game that makes you feel better going forward. Like you go into the bye week having some hope that things are going to get better or at least try to change something and do something differently. And there's just nothing. There's nothing to hold on to. And, and there's nothing more frustrating. Coach. There's nothing more frustrating than that for me, regardless of yeah. the outcome of the game. Football is literally a game of adapting to your opponent. And the fact that that can't get through Jimmy Lake's bald, thick noggin irates me. Like, I don't get it. He he cares more about proving himself right than about winning fucking football games. Yeah. And then he he's think, gonna... he thinks he's the smartest man in the room and he's super dumb. Like he's super fucking dumb. Yeah, right now he, he says all the right dumb. things. Yeah, he says all the right things. And yeah, maybe you're a couple of plays away from having a better record. But guess what, dude? Your record is what you are. You're two and fucking four with one of the best talent rosters in the Pac-12. Yeah. This is what you're doing. And that just even makes it even worse, right? That he just goes up there and says all the same shit, used car and I mean, salesman I'll... pitch. It's, and it's like it's it's coach speak. Like I, yeah, I mean, I, I what is he going to say? But I call bullshit. Okay, go ahead. Look at Illinois head coach Brett Bielema. What did he say today? Hmm? I will literally quote him. He's talking specifically about his offensive line. End quote. I don't believe we have a player in the two deep that they've recruited here over the last three years that is significantly doing anything for us in the playing department. That's a major concern. End quote. Like, I get that that's totally throwing your players under the bus, and I'm not saying that that's what we should do. But, like, as a fan, I'm like, okay, yeah, coach knows, like, shit is wrong. At least he can – I mean, you can say it in a much more artfully crafted way, but, like, be real with the fans. Like, don't try to tell us we don't have our own eyes. We see what's going on. We suck. Our players suck. Your coaches suck like at least allude to the fact that things are not going well. Oh yeah. We're a couple plays away from being five and one Well, college football playoff team here. Back to work. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Great day of practice on Monday. Great day. We had a great practice. I'm sick of it. I'm almost at the point where like, I can't even get upset about it anymore. I, that's how little I care. Yeah. I wonder when I'm going to find humor in this season. Probably never, but like, have you found humor in the season that we've all forgotten? I have. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I always just go back to the the BYU game, and I kind of laugh at that a little bit now. 
I can't. And yeah. I don't think I'll ever I mean, laugh at this season. I, I laugh mostly just because it was a ridiculous call, but that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And then Pac-12 refs are going to Pac-12 refs, Pac-10 refs then, I guess. But yeah, sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, I mean, also, like, I I can shit on Dylan Morris all day long. I really can. I could sit in my chair and talk 50 minutes in your ear off about how Dylan Morris sucks, you know, ranked last in the Pac-12 and PFF quarterback play and all the things, right? But I also don't think John Donovan is a good play caller either. I mean, no, the lack no. of creativity, how many HB dives we run, um, mesh concepts, I mean, situational play calling. I mean, we saw it mainly against Oregon State. I mean, all the run plays straight up the gut, I mean, just infuriated me. It's, um, I just don't, I mean, it all goes back to Jimmy Lake and then, you know, Jen Cohen, is she going to, you know, put pressure on Jimmy Lake and it's no, so. You know, we're an academic school. We're not, I mean, we have to say it. We're not serious about football. Is that controversial? I mean, we're not serious about football. LSU just fired their coach. And two years more after more winning, two years after ch- winning the national championship, they fired him. And we think yep. like there's no reason we should fire a coach in his second year. Oh yeah. And LSU is me? much better than UW this year. Much, much better. Oh, they would smoke us. Right. LSU cares about football. We for sure do not. We do not. It's not a controversial thing. We, it's more than apparent at this point that we do not care. Because if we did, John Donovan would be fired. Dylan Morris would not be your starting quarterback. And Jimmy Lake would be on his way out the door. Like at the very least, there would be tons of changes already within the team uh, structure, yeah. coaching, and the players on the field. If LSU lost to fucking Montana in week one coach o's gone the next like he doesn't even get on the plane to go home also asa turner probably wouldn't have a scholarship anymore well he might but it would be at like college of the deaf and blind football team (laughs) i was just gonna say he was soft but jesus no he's awful deaf and blind Did you watch him play? Did you watch him play? Oh, unfortunately. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Sub him off for another linebacker. (laughs) Have Alex Cook as a single high safety. I apologize to any deaf or blind listeners or readers of of this. You're going to hurt our our clout with that that kind of talk. By the way, Jackson Sermon is so shit. Oh, my God. Like, the fact that he sees or plays the sport of football is insulting to my eyes. Yeah. Haimuli has looked a lot better when he's been in there. Not, not I wouldn't say a lot better, but better. <laughs> For sure, better. Better than a tree? Um, yeah. Yeah. So he can move. And yeah, it's not saying a lot. You talked about John Donovan's play calling. I, I couldn't sum it up more than that first scoring drive that we have that we ended up kicking a field goal. Yeah. Romo Dunze, great play call on the fly sweep. Romo Dunze, that's utilizing his speed. He gets outside. We need to do that shit more because we need we have really good wide receivers. That's the strength of this offense. Like we need to utilize those guys in space. Anyway, fly sweep to Romo Dunze. He gets down inside like the three yard line. Mm-hmm. Okay, almost scores on that play. Probably should have scored honestly if he had kind of tight rope the sideline a little bit better. So you have first and goal at the two. Sean McGrew run for a loss of three yards right up the middle. Why is that Sean McGrew by the way on the two yard line? Correct. Uh, it shouldn't be a personnel uh, sure. issue yeah. major. 
but again, that's, okay, that's first down, that's issue. fine. You know, first unless down it's wild. If it's wildcat, I get it. But like, they weren't running wildcat. The second and goal play was out of shotgun, and you run it again with Sean McGrew. For this had to one. be from like the five, right? Because we lost yards yep. on the yeah. Lost okay. three yards. That's from the five yard line. We shotgun run to Sean McGrew for a loss of one yard. So now we're at the six. Then you have a third and goal pass incomplete to Kate Otten and you kick a field goal like that. R- that right there. That's, that's the play up. calling that we're calling about. Like it, you get down to the two yard line, two yard line. And you put Sean McGrew in and you try I formation HB dive, which has not worked all fucking year. I would argue that's the, the play that they keep coming. Hasn't that's worked. the play they keep coming back to you? No, it hasn't. That's the play that they keep coming back to that has not worked at all this year. I don't even remember one time that play has worked for more than like two yards. No. Or that which heavy I guess formation is what we needed, that but... they run. I mean, they almost run, they run like a heavy, right? Where they bring in what two or yeah, three an, tight ends. It, it's think? like it's like two tight ends. There might be one wide receiver, but I think I it's think two or three tight ends three out tight of eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's that old Stanford eye. And what I was going to say is that formation hasn't worked since Christian McCaffrey was the running back at Stanford running right. the ball for that mm-hmm. play. He was pretty good. I guess Bryce Love had a pretty good year after that too, so I give him some credit. He ran that pretty well, yeah. but really. Outside of that, last year that's not our game. Love, I don't think anybody has had success with it. No, but like, and it's so obvious that's not like the strength of this team is honestly in the passing game, and Kamari Pleasant in the running game. Sean McGrew's been like I can kind of up and down. I'm not as yeah. sold on Sean McGrew as I was a few weeks ago. I think, but Kamari Pleasant does look good. Like he's he looks like a legit running back. So he needs to probably play a little bit more. And then the strength of this team is in the receiving core. Like. Mm-hmm. and it needs ex- to be like timing plays it needs to be like you don't have to get these guys like all the way downfield like you get guys, you get these guys just outside in a little bit of space they'll make one or two guys miss screen passes to Romo Dunze have been one of the most successful plays in this offense yeah and it's harder for that Dylan needs Morris to be to run more. up that throw too exactly it's an easy throw <laughs> like he'll probably skip it and we'll get pissed off but it's an easier throw than half the shit that he is throwing. It seems way too obvious. Like the other team would expect it that. is. So instead there maybe wouldn't expect the halfback dive. We should do that. So like reverse psychology, like, Oh, no yeah. way. UW's going to keep doing their same. It's shape like reverse. reverse so, that yeah. doesn't work, especially coming off a of bye week. They're going to expect us to do some radical changes. Why don't we not change a single goddamn thing? That don't really or guys off guard. Yeah. Or guys, they're just stubborn as fuck, and they're just not changing anything, and they think that they're smarter than everyone. That seems like what's actually happening. Pretty sure that's what's Imagine happening. Imagine thinking you're not eating humble pie being two and four. When you're supposed to be... I mean, that's, some, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, the, like, it's not only Jimmy's stubbornness. Like, he, he is hired... So badly. Like, so badly. These coordinators are shit. These position coaches aren't good. Yeah, they're they bad. recruit ass. They recruit ass. 
Well, I mean, I think he hired, you know, to feel good about himself too, right? He didn't, he didn't sure, yeah, hire strong it, coaches, whether they had really strong coordinator experience point. or head coaching experience, nothing. Yep. He wanted right? to be so the smartest the guy alpha, in the room. He is the smartest guy. He knows what's happening. I mean, for God's sake, what was John Donovan? Like the running backs coach at Jacksonville? I forget what it was exactly. Correct. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. Right? Run game coordinator. Run game court, whatever the fuck, right? Like, I mean, that's not a real power position. Mm-mm. no especially when you're rumored with like what? the offensive coordinator of the dallas cowboys for for instance a little bit different and obviously i'm not saying we would have got kellen moore but like those are the name calibers you need to be going for yeah Does kellen moore want to be a head coach i mean somewhere yeah for sure i know a place <laughs> i do too do they wear purple in a heartbeat and gold? <laughs> in a heartbeat Last I would thing at least I have like to, to see. Sorry. Yeah, no. go ahead, please. Last no, thing, I could, I could talk your guys' ears off and I could just bitch and moan and that probably wouldn't get us I'm anywhere, speaking in circles right now, so you the, should talk. The last thing I'm going to say is Jimmy Lake today was asked, you know, he's asked all about the things. He's like, oh, yeah, it's on the coaches. We're three plays away from five and one, yada, yada, yada. But the thing that pissed me off the most, guys, the thing that really got my blood boiling and I had to leave my Zoom call early because I was mad, was on the this this is a true story on the possibility of a quarterback change jimmy like says quote i don't think we are nowhere near that point right now let me repeat that real quick we are nowhere near that point right now we are a couple plays away from a couple plays away guys of being i know we're not we're one and two in conference and i don't know what those record are but if you go back and look at the last two games we're one two plays away from being three and oh in conference so we're close and we've got to keep working and yada yada yada. that really pissed me off today and i couldn't Mm -hmm. focus for at least 30 minutes after that you want to know why that pisses me off so much is because dylan like that's just basically saying that jimmy lake is okay having the worst quarterback in the pac 12 Mm -hmm. he's 12 out of 12 He's the worst in the Pac-12. And I know you were rattling off some of his stats earlier, making the comparison from last year to this year. The other thing you have to take into consideration when you do that and into Jimmy Lake's quote is those stats are inflated by the big game he had against Arkansas State. He's got eight touchdowns and eight interceptions. If you remove the Arkansas State game, he has five touchdowns to six interceptions. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he's still through two uh, picks that game. I know. And a bunch and <laughs> yeah. a bunch less yards. And they were yards. really bad. And a bunch less yards. So it's like yeah. his best game was against one of the worst teams in Division One football. And it's like you remove that game and it makes the worst quarterback in the Pac-12 look even more bad. Yeah. I don't think I would blame the first interception in this game on him. I mean, he got rocked. And the ball just kind of fluttered. Uh, um, he should have just taken the sack. He saw the guy in his face and he decided to just ch- chuck it. Chuck it. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was trying to chuck it out of bounds. He just didn't get it there. Like, like, like if you honestly, if, if he was actually trying to make a play, like there was no play to be had. So yeah, that is bad because yeah. there was like, there was three UCLA defenders in the area of, of, I think it was, was it McMillan that was in the area? I think it was McMillan. Uh, I think it. I thought it was Odunze. Oh, it was Odunze. Um, anyway, the receiver on the right side there. Um, 
there was three UCLA defenders right around him. The second interception is definitely on him. He ended up through that by about five, oh my six God. yards. I mean, a competent quarterback, that's a completion. And a good quarterback, that's a touchdown. To be fair, to be fair, Jalen McMillan needs to fight through that more. Like, he needs to battle for that ball more. Yeah, and but I don't, he shouldn't I don't be think, in the I don't position think you can argue to fight with that. for it when you have no, beaten your it's an awful throw. three yards. Yeah, it's an awful throw. A good throw. Like, even an average throw, it's a touchdown. Um, so it's a very, very poor throw and that's where it starts. But Jalen McMillan's got to learn to come back to the ball there. Like he just kind of kept running. So anyway, I will, I will just, I'm not throwing a bone to Dylan Morris or anything like that, but like he has not gotten a lot of help either (laughs) with his performance. The offensive line has been not very good for the most part in pass protection. Um, and I think he's got some young receivers that maybe haven't battled for the ball as as much as maybe an experienced receiver might. So, and I think we can double click on odd personnel decisions there as well as it pertains to Sean McGrew. Is like, yeah, why do you have him in there in pass blocking scenarios? Mm-hmm. Kamari Pleasant should be playing like ninety percent of the running back snaps right now. Yes. He's just better in every facet of the he's game. Your, yeah, he's your, he's your best pass protector. He's your best runner of the football right now. He's your most physical runner right now. And he's your Looking best at pass you, Richard catcher. Newton. Yeah, which has not been a part of the game really at all, which is weird because John Donovan said that the running backs were going to catch the ball a lot in this offense, and that has not happened at all. No, it's hard I mean, it's to catch the like, ball when it's not thrown to you. Yeah. All right, my well, last yeah, I guess comment we, before we move yeah. on. Um when you said Jalen McMillan needs to fight through that ball, maybe he'll use the rest of that year and then it'll be on his resume for when he enters the transfer portal next year. All right. We'll he on. absolutely will. Yeah. He won't be the only one. There's going to be a lot of that going on this off season. Yep. It's it. It's really bleak folks. It's really, really bleak. Um, and I think that's why we're also pissed off is like this, this is on the way, on the way we we've all lived through 2008. Okay. We've, we've all lived through that. This is on the way to that on a fast track because of the things that are in place in college football. Now with the transfer portal and NIL that accelerates that timeline. Like these are the Keith Gilberts in years right now accelerated. Yeah. And Jimmy Lake could be both Keith Gilbertson and Tyrone Willingham in one tenure. If he's, if he continues to coach this football team for the next two to three years. I hope he doesn't. Uh, Speaking of the transfer portal, one by the name mm-hmm. of Puka Nakua looks like a really smart person right now. Uh, he has yeah. 20 catches for 444 yards this season. He wouldn't have 20 targets yet. I don't know about that. I'm I don't doing know the math real that. quick. That's a lot of uh, yards per reception. That's 22.2 yards per reception. I, t- I mean, That's he would have more than 20 <laughs> targets, but he yeah. definitely would not have those numbers here. 100%. No, no. You're right about that. I think he would have those targets, though. Yeah, he, he he, I mean, he was the clear number one receiver coming back. Yeah. I I so. maybe exaggerated for dramatic effect, but you you guys get I like the point. <laughs> no way he's having 440 yards, though. No. No. No, I think we all agree there. Anything from this UCLA game that you guys take as a positive? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> ZTF being back, actually, the good for him. I'm happy. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, there's a couple yeah. things that we could circle, but uh, that that's that that's my biggest takeaway. Are there minute details in the game that were positive? Yes, 
Is there anything in That's the game? Is there anything in the game that makes me feel positive towards the future? No. I will say, Sammy, we're talking about third downs and Dylan Morris. We were nine of fourteen in third downs in this yeah. game. Imagine and being nine of fourteen and still only scoring seventeen points. That's pretty bad. Exactly. That's 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 turnovers one, and that's really bad play calling in the red zone. Number. But two. that's why we brought John Donovan in here. He was like the red zone guru for the Jaguars. Proud franchise. Big time. Well, not. I mean, I think we are perfect in the red zone in scoring but not touchdowns. <laughs> and that's what we needed yeah. more of in this game. And on that same note, though, on third down uh, for UCLA, we held them to three of, tw- three of 12. So how? how did we lose this game? Like that, that usually is Turnover a huge ratio to zero. What are we, zero. Yes. what are we on the season? We've got to be like negative six. I know our next opponent's worse. Let me, I'm Arizona might not be like a functional D1 program right now. To be fair, they're, a, they're like a barely a rung above Arkansas State. Well, we should be careful, we guys. Segue? We should be careful. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're worse than Montana, I think. Ooh, I don't know. Montana's lost a few games now. Yeah, they lost to Sacramento State. Yeah, I saw that. Into Eastern, I think they got clobbered by Eastern, right? Yeah, Eastern's well, real good. They the aren't best, a good. They aren't the best a, team in the Montana's state. Montana's not right? a good offense. Montana's not a good offense. They were always like they, it was their defense that gave us more fits than anything. But ne- yeah. neutral site, UW versus Eastern. Who's winning? Eastern. Eastern for sure. Absolutely. God, that's so sad. That quarterback would tear us to bits. That's Bar- true. Eric Barrier would destroy us. In the passing game? But everything. Is ETF playing? 10 snaps? Or the whole game? He'll, 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 he'll be up to like 50% snaps, I think, this next game. They were the fact in, that but... this is a conversation tells me. I think we'd have some know. problems with Barrier. He's a oh, very similar yeah. player to DTR, and DTR did us dirty. All Even I'm saying is like, how's the... Game, yeah, I mean, he's very How's their efficient. run game? How's their run game, though? Be good against us because we can't stop it. Yeah, how good is our run defense? <laughs> Not good. Not great. How, how's Montana's running game? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> All right, should we move on, guys? Yeah. The only other thing, the only other player I'll highlight here, if we're looking at any positives, is that Buki continues to be a playmaker, like our biggest playmaker on defense. We made a huge hit on their tight end, I believe, yeah. to kind of like give us a chance towards the end of the game. And we did nothing with it, squandered it. But um, he tends to be the guy that like we rely upon in like big moments. I think on defense, he tends to make that play if the ball court goes his direction. So that's good to see. And that was, a, I mean, that's, he's been our probably biggest bright spot, I'd say, um, as far as new arrivals. The rest of the transfers have done really jack shit, I'd say. I think Jalen I think Jalen Polk was gonna be pretty good um if he didn't get injured in the first game. Like yeah. I think he probably he he'd be getting Tosh Davis's snaps right now. So um he definitely would have been a regular part of the rotation and I think I think he would have been pretty pretty good. He seemed he seemed like he was like one of the more consistent receivers in camp and stuff, but I don't think the receiver receiver uh, is not 
is not really one of the places that I think I would uh, point to on this team as a reason to blame for most of these losses. I think it's probably probably the bottom bottom rung for me. I don't. I think they're they're the last position group that I would blame for losses at this point in the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Tie a bow on this UCLA game. Yeah. Throw them trash. Yes. Hey, well, we do have a little bit of a soft landing this week, albeit on a Friday night in Tucson, <laughs> Arizona. We teased it. They're not good. They're like really bad. Um, if we don't win this game by like three scores, it's just as bad as losing <laughs> in, in my eyes. If we score three um, times, I'll be happy. Yeah. Well, that's God. That's the one thing that we didn't bring up too is scoring 17 points against UCLA's defense is really bad, really, really bad. Um, Arizona's defense is worse, but not a lot worse than UCLA's. And you gotta—I mean, we should score 30 points against these guys. We should score 30 points against these guys. But Dylan Moore is probably going to turn the ball over and. I don't well, have a lot a of guarantee. Faith. That's a guarantee. That yeah. is for sure happening. I don't have a lot of faith in the play calling when we need a play, especially in the red zone. That who knows? But let, uh, let me take some steps back here. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. We're looking at the series against Arizona. UW leads the series 23 to 11, and then there's one tie in there. Um, predictably so. Arizona's never really been a football school. Uh, our last win was last year the most dominating performance of 2020 for uh, for UW football at home, 44 to 27. And it wasn't even really that close. It's 44 to six, I think kind of early in the fourth quarter. And we put a bunch of backups in and uh, Arizona ended up, ended up scoring against us. UW has won four in a row. And I think we're favored by 18 right now. That is shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. The fee favorite events. By 18 against anybody is pretty shocking. Yeah, I agree. But that's how bad Arizona is, I think. <laughs> and not to mention they're on the third string quarterback now. Yeah, I forgot. That's true. So I guess where it starts when you're looking at players to watch for Arizona, uh, their third string quarterback is Will Plummer. Um, he's played a little bit this year, but it was just, I think it was just in this last game when Gunnar Cruz went out with an injury. So they, they are having a huge injury bug at, at quarterback. They have Will Plummer, this dude. He's the only guy on scholarship that's that's even at that position now. They got two, two walk-ons, I think, backing them up. Anyone else that you're looking at on, the, on this Arizona team as a player to watch? I mean, again, it's, a, it's a, not a very good roster. Um, they have a couple talented receivers, I'd say. But, like, outside of that, like, this is, this is not a good team. And I don't really have much to note here, um, but I'll let you guys take the reins if, if you guys have anything, anybody to spotlight. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have much else to add other than obviously first year for Coach Jed Fish at Arizona. So you're yep. always going to have turmoil and turnover and struggles in the first year. So, I mean, it goes without saying, I mean, Arizona's 0-6. It's probably a rougher mm-hmm. start than he would have even expected, but 
it was going to be a daunting task for any coach coming in to turn the program around. Um, but yeah, this, this is a game that we should win, even considering our, you know, all of our takes on Husky football right now is in the toilet. Like, <laughs> yeah. We just shit still, on the team for like 40 minutes. guys. <laughs> this is still a game that we should win. And if we lose this, there, there's no, if we lose this, there's no way that you can not fire Jimmy Lake. Yeah. Someone's getting fired at that point. They just lost to Colorado 34 to zero. They didn't score a they point against Colorado. Yeah. And Colorado's not good either. So Justin, do you have anyone else that you want to spotlight or anything else Absolutely to say about no. Arizona? No, they're terrible. They're barely a D one program right now. And so I mean, are we. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I know you guys were laughing at me after we lost to Montana. I'm like, holy shit, Arizona, but Arizona is really, really bad. Yeah. They're yeah. really bad. Like, Weird uh, shit happens in the desert. I, I will guess, say that, but it's it's usually in Tempe, not in Tucson. So yeah, and I guess this is where Asa Turner could get a scholarship next year. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes around. Yeah, yeah. So probably. I, I mean, I get that we're favored by eighteen. I just don't know that we can score eighteen points. I don't think we cover. <laughs> I don't think we cover. I mean, maybe we win eighteen to zero. Yeah, I mean, Colorado I, well, I will say, I will say, I will say, if we get up early, it could be, it could be a route. Okay, hypothetical time, hypothetical hmm. time. Okay, we get up early and say it's, say it's like an ugly twenty-four to zero at halftime. Dylan Morris comes out. We put another touchdown in. Sam Heward comes in for a, a good couple of drives and looks electric. They probably don't even put the ball in the air. At that yeah, point. I mean, there's no way Sam Heward's coming in if we're up. Why wouldn't he? No, if we're up, he would come in. But yeah, like, like garbage. Well, like, are, we, oh, are we like dominating? Yeah, so my, yeah, here's, be, yeah, here's my hypothetical. It'd be, I'll make it'd it be handing the ball off. Though. We dominate the game. And we're like clearly going to cover and stuff. Dylan Morris plays okay, but Sam Heward comes in and looks really good. Does that give you enough to think about making a change? Like, even though it's garbage time, but you can tell the difference. He's like going through his reads, slinging the ball. Whoa, whoa going through reads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's um, a realistic I don't potential think here. Sure, I don't think you're trying to convince us if Sam Heward should be the starter. No, <laughs> no. I, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm saying, if Sam Heward comes in garbage time and just looks in command, do you think that there's a part of Jimmy Lake that's like that garbage time is a little bit of an audition? I'm at if it hasn't happened yet, he's not. He's not going to start in this year. Um, I mean, you're you're at a very tumultuous point in your season. You're two and four. Like you're, you you have to win four of the next six games to make a bowl, and that's like, that's absolute best case scenario. Absolute best case scenario is you yeah. win four of the next six. Okay. Um, okay. L okay. Let's flip the hypothetical upside down. Okay. 
We're, hear what saying, we're down guys. 10 to three at halftime to Arizona. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that enough to make a change at halftime? Oh my God. Quarterback? If, it, if it's yeah. not Jimmy, Lake yeah. can't get on the plane. Like, do you think even Jimmy, Lake I'll fly down to Tucson to make do sure that? he doesn't get on the plane. That, Oh, that's absolutely. That's more cause for it than the other scenario. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, then and I, I think that's what Justin was alluding to, to begin with, to be fair. I don't think we're going to really need to put the ball in the air very much. I mean, Arizona's given up over 200 yards a game on the ground. I mean, well, Arizona, not to us, they won't. <laughs> well, I mean, will Arizona stack the box. If Kamari Pleasant throw? plays, they will. Will What's he? That? Sorry. Is Arizona going to stack the box unlike us? Yes. If they do, they're, I mean, our, our, our playmaking abilities on the outside, though. Like, what are we going to make the, the ball, adjustment? But the ball has to get know. there. <laughs> Listen, I just, I just don't see this game being a runaway. Like, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. You think it's going to be like really uncomfortable? Like, yeah. one score throughout? Yeah. Yikes. I mean, Arizona is bad, but it's still Pac 12 athletes. Sure. Kind of. Yeah. True. They are. I mean, it's a Pac-12. They lost to San Diego school. State at home, thirty-eight to fourteen. Well, to San be Diego fair, State, State might, might be the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better BYU. I mean, yeah. All right, who are who's to watch on the UW side? I mean, I mean, I could go all sorts of. What are you guys looking for? Positive. Positive. Honestly, unfortunately, our like, quarterback. I can't go positive. You can't okay. go positive here. <laughs> Honestly, players to watch is like who's going to actually play? Like, are changes going to be made? Right. Is Kamari Pleasant going to be featured back? Is Dylan Morris going to get replaced? Like, probably no to both of those things. That's really not great. Is Jackson Sermon still your starting linebacker? Is Asa Turner going to play significant snaps? Yeah. All the above. which I I mean it it Cam Williams was hurt right I think so so yeah. hopefully yeah, he's yeah, yeah. hopefully he's back but I can't believe that Asa Turner is your backup <laughs> like I would much like how is Ju- is Julius Irvin hurt hurt right now no what about Dom Hampton oh yeah. he had a personal foul in the first game in the Michigan game you know what you can't play him anymore put muscle milk protein powder and HGH and all of Dom Hampton's food this week and let him play linebacker next to Eddie. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah. I would be very much on board for that. See, I'd be a good coach. Cause this is the kind of shit that I would do. We'd be making changes. We're going to change things up. Shit's ain't working. Think outside the box, Jimmy. Um, yeah, as far as players, I, I mean, I unfortunately we're watching Dylan Morris. Like, <laughs> it yeah. Can he can he have a competent game um, against a bad team? I mean, he he looked decent against Arkansas State, but still turned the ball over twice. Um, I could see something similar to that in this game. Um, I like our receivers matchup against these corners and. Dylan should be able to throw throw the throw the rock, but at the same time, he's just not a good quarterback. So I don't know. On defense, I'd like to see us cause some turnovers. And Kyler Gordon is the guy that I circled on defense. Um, 
their quarterbacks have thrown 11 interceptions this year. We talked about Dylan Morris throwing eight and their quarterbacks combined have thrown 11 this year. So they've turned the ball over a lot. They're at negative nine turnover ratio. Not good. Um, so, so long as we get, if, if, if we can somehow miraculously win the turnover battle, I don't think this should be that close of a game. It's just where I'm at. So Connor, if at that point, what is your final score prediction? Do you want to talk keys to the game? I have one. Go for it. Win the fucking game. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I mean, win, this... win, win the goddamn game. Win a game that you're supposed to win. Mine, I want to see third string uh, butt plumber quarterback beat us with our, you know, with our great cornerbacks. I want to see eight and nine in the box every play. Every single play. Not going to happen. Do I take an alternate route? Do I say we lose this game so that everyone gets fucking fired? If we lose this game, does anybody get fired? No. No. Probably not, but it'd be a higher chance. Dylan Morris might <laughs> get relegated, but that's, Dylan not, that's not fired, but yeah, he might. Probably would. John Donovan would, I mean, he's already on his last thread, I feel like, but... Donovan's getting fired. It's just a matter of when. It's yeah, at they're the just end trying of to see it off the season. season. Yeah. It's going to be at the end of the season. Which I hate. Like, why are we kicking that can down the road? Because we don't have any other better options in-house. It doesn't matter. Make the decision so you can start your, the hiring process now. I get it. I start get evaluating. It. You're preaching to the choir. That also that also helps with the rec- with recruiting and retaining Duh. as far as the talent on your team too. So they see Donovan like you know. If you want to keep your wide receivers that we all talk so highly about, yeah, fire John Donovan and interim offensive coordinator Junior Adams. I'm really worried about that that room in 2022. Oh, I better hope they're that gone. I we better hope that Jabez Tanai is the real deal and that Jeremy Bernard's ready to play day one. <laughs> and dare I say it, if Donovan doesn't get fired, would you blame Heward to leave? No. No. Especially if he's not playing. You've oh seen what he's done to Dylan Morris. Are you serious, dude? Like, well, that dude talent, cannot but... blame... He cannot develop quarterbacks. Though. Even as a Husky legacy... Well, I think, and that's, his, that's I think even of, his dad would advise him to leave. This is part of the conversation, though. Like, do you burn his red shirt this year? Like, to have him not in a great situation from a, from a play calling standpoint, from an offensive line standpoint, from a like pass protection standpoint. Like, do you do you want like the dude that can actually keep this thing afloat? the next couple of years, two to three years. Do you want him burning his red shirt this year for Absolutely. that? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And first of all, I think some Why? of the... Why? Like, like, I'm like what do you it. get I'm out going, of this I'm, season? Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. If Sam Heard's as good as we all think he is, is he really going to be here in 2025 anyways? It's the Byron Murphy thing. To a certain degree, like Byron Murphy was never going to be on campus longer than three years. 
Like what makes us think that Heward's going to be here for five? You're delaying the inevitable. He's going to be gone when he's going to go. Might as well start it now. And I think like there's definitely some validity to like throwing somebody into the flames can ruin them. And like, we've seen that happen before. And I know you mentioned like the pressure that he's facing and the offensive line, not blocking. Well, Dylan Morris doesn't do himself. Yeah. But like what expectations to look at a second receiver. That's what we're, you can't go down. I think his expectation, I mean, Morris. No, but I'm I'm saying the Heward name, the legacy like aspect, like I mean he's that's a really difficult situation for him to come out in, and maybe he's I mean, maybe he's totally ready for it. Like he could totally be ready for it. Um, I'm not trying to like diss on Sam Heward in yeah. any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying you're asking a lot of a true freshman in this situation and this much turmoil in this program and the expectations that come with it. And where the fan base is at right now, not to mention that his offensive coordinator, like, d- like, very well could like ruin his development. I think those are risks you have to take, honestly, because he's gone if Dylan Morris keeps saying, uh, keeps playing. And you look sure. At- I don't. I mean, I think I think I'm I'm giving this, like, I'm I'm taking into account that like he's. Or I'm taking the assumption that he's he's your starter no matter what in 2022. Yeah, like, I, like, I would just say like right now I, I I get your point and I think there's some validity to it, but my argument against it is like I'd argue that expectations of Sam Heward couldn't be lower than yeah. right now, and it's like yeah. the easiest time for him to come in, and he can play like 50 percent to his potential. And all of the Husky fan base would be like, holy shit, that one throw from that one game is like, oh, 22, 2022, we might have some hope. Whereas if you go into the offseason and Jimmy Lake's up there smiling ear to ear, talking how great Sam Heward is, this team's going to be fantastic. Now you roll around to September of 2022. You've had the whole, whole Jimmy Lake offseason hype build up around him. Now expectations are back to being pretty damn high. Yeah. You throw them in now like, Literally, all we want him to do is complete a pass of 20 yards and not throw an interception. All we want him to do is to look at a second wide receiver. And like this week, all we need him to do is beat Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'd argue like it might be the softest landing you can have, but he's obviously not going to play. He's not going to he'll for sure not start this game because it's on a short week which also Mm. makes me even more pissed that we didn't take the bye week to get somebody else ready. But I'd argue expectations couldn't be lower in all of Sam Heward's career here than right now. And nobody's asking for him to come and win every game the rest of the season. But I think it's like, talk about recruiting. Like recruiting is in in the toilet right now. And those wide receivers are going to probably enter the transfer portal. But if you show a glimmer of hope in Sam Heward, which is the reason why a lot of recruits came here in the first place Jalen McMillan came here a year before Sam Heward did because of Sam Heward they played together in seven on seven on the same seven on seven team Jeremy Mc Jeremy Bernard is coming here because of Sam Heward give everybody what they want to see the fans want to see it the current players want to see it 
and the future players want to see it. It's showing that you're willing to make a decision for the future. And it's like, if it was a scenario where he's going to go in and get his head ripped off because our offensive line is so bad, like I could go with that argument. And I think it looks that way a lot of times, but Dylan Morris brings that shit upon himself. He holds onto the ball. He stares it down. He's has zero threat of taking the top off the defense. So any obvious passing scenario, they're blitzing and getting pressure. If you show any ability to beat a blitz, that pressure is not going to be what we've been seeing. And so I think a lot of that worriedness of like the line, the offensive line isn't going to hold up is on Dylan Morris too. So I'm all aboard throwing him in there as and soon I, as I, possible. I agree. I, I was just trying to play devil's advocate just like for, there's a there there are there are folks out there that think that it would hurt. And there's valid Hewards development. There's valid arguments for that. I'll give it now. that. But I think the to Justin's point, the risks are outweighed by the upside, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I have nothing to add to that besides Jimmy Lake was asked point blank, does he have a depth chart for his backup quarterback? And he says it says or for a reason. So what if, let me just play this game with you guys. Yeah, what if yeah, Dylan, Moore, Dylan Morris is struggling and O'Brien struts out there instead of Sam Heward? What are our feelings then? I would be happy because it's not Dylan Morris and yeah. Sam Heward's for sure transferring with the rest of the offensive players. And the recruiting class falls to bits more than it already is. So you wouldn't be that happy then? In the short term, I would be happy for like that Friday night game or Saturday if it happens in a following week. But what it says for the long run of the program, not very happy. Yeah, I'd be pissed because you saw what Caleb Williams did down 28 to 7 against Texas, as you mentioned last week on the podcast. And they were touted as probably one and two in some order of the highest um, graded quarterbacks, right? Coming out of high school in that class. To be fair, it's part of that. And yes, Oklahoma's offense is way better. Yeah, he's got Lincoln Riley. (laughs) And we We got fucking John Donovan. (laughs) But it's the talent, right? I mean, yeah. O'Brien would be playing over here. You wouldn't expect the same exact results, but like, I promise you, I am so confident the second that Sam Heward actually gets a legit look and we watch him play a legit game as a starter, it'll be like, what were we doing? What took so long? It's going to be fucking obvious. And it's going to be an embarrassment to this coaching staff. Mostly Jimmy Lake. Yeah. God, dude. I'm I'm so upset with this program right now. Okay. I would say it can't get much worse, but uh, if we lose to 0-6 Arizona, that's, uh, that's pretty bad. That would be get worse. Yeah, that would be worse. All right, like I said, guys, it's a Friday night game at 7.30 on ESPN2. Prediction time. Justin, what do you got? I kind of want to change mine. But Are you going to pick a UW loss? No, 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 no. I just, uh, me looking at it, and uh, so I have a 21 to 10 win for UW, and me just understanding how we're going to win by 11 is crazy, but Arizona is so bad. They are so, so bad, and I just think we're bad. But they're so bad. 
There's yeah. a difference. 21 to 10. They get one touchdown drive. They're not going to do much. They have backup quarterback. We are defense. I know we're Is it like a up. garbage time touchdown? No, or? it's like the second or third quarter, but okay. I mean they're so bad. Third string quarterback. We actually like as much as we've talked shit about our defense, that is not like the big problem with our team. No, Besides stopping played- the run. I mean, if we like med- if we were mediocre against the run, we'd be so much better. But here we are. Um, they still played well enough the last two games that we should have won to win. Game. Yeah, yeah, twenty-one to ten. UW. Dylan Moore struggles, but we still win. Sam, what do you got? I've got thirty-one thirteen. UW. I think we'll score some points finally. I think it'll look end up looking more. It'll resemble more the Arkansas State game than the other games we've played. And there's part of me that wants to predict that Arizona will score more than 13 points. And the reason for that is I do think Dylan Morris is going to make scoring the ball easy for the opposing team like he's done in previous games by turning the ball over in our own end. So I think that they'll score a touchdown and – a couple field goals, probably two of those coming off of a stupid turnover that where it's like they can go three and out and kick a field goal. So 31, 13, and I don't really feel that great about it. <laughs> um, I'm kind of somewhere in the, somewhat in the middle of you guys. I'm at 27, 10, you know, victory. Um, I think it's, it's probably like a like a 10 point game throughout. I think we're probably like decently comfortable in the game, but not as comfortable as we should be given the talent disparity. Um and yeah, we kind of we pull away toward towards the end uh on let's see. Uh a 60-yard touchdown to Roman Dunes on a screen. That would be fun. So it's like twenty. It's twenty to ten before that, and and that kind of seals the deal with like eight minutes left. Okay. So that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. It, I don't think any of us are feeling really like that inspired or great about this. I mean, we apparently we're favored by eighteen. I was winning by seventeen. Sam has us winning by eighteen. Justin has us winning by 11. Um, so none of us are predicting us to like majorly cover or anything like that. So it's just where the program's at right now. All right. Any uh, other wrap up thoughts that you guys have? Yeah, I um, do. Listen to this. Yeah, please. I thought Siler Miles was one of the worst starting quarterbacks. I just saw this oh, no. tweet. In Husky oh, history. No. I just saw this tweet. Oh, no. 2014, Siler Miles. Season stats, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, 307 yards rushing, and four rushing touchdowns. Dylan Morris, so far in 2021, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, negative 25 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. I was actually thinking about this it during the game. Were you really? I was, not this exact tweet, not comparing him to Siler. Well, I did actually think about that. I was thinking to myself, of all the Husky quarterbacks that I've witnessed and watched with my own eyes that I can remember, where does Dylan Morris rank? 
I think he might be the worst with the exception of Ronnie Fouch. Honestly. But and Casey I thought paused. about I think Casey Paws was better. Cody Pickett was better. Marcus Tuyas. Oh, was for sure. I mean, Cody Pickett was standback, like, broke a record. Walker, and shit. Price, yeah. Miles. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree Browning. with any of that. I think Morris is the worst quarterback, the worst starting quarterback that we've had in 20 years. I'd have to go through all of our starters again. But yeah. Again, Sounds with the exception right. of Ronnie Fouch. You're probably right. Casey Paws is the only other guy that, that I would put in that category, I think. But and Ronnie Fouch doesn't even really count because he wasn't actually the starter. Is after Jack no, Locker he came in for injured, an injured so locker. Like... God, Simon is bad. He was a he's our quarterback our senior year at college, but I guess for Sam and I, yeah, yeah, yeah he wasn't he was good. So bad. For only four interceptions, really. Yeah, he took care of the ball. Hmm. Let me look at Casey Paws real quick. I just want to see what his stats were. How about Wazoo football, huh, guys? Oh, no, we yeah. Should talk about that. yeah. Why don't you guys go for that? I'm just looking at some stats here. Nick Rolovich got canned today. On the on the day where he, you know, um, you have to be vaccinated or you're out as a federal employee, and or as a state employee, I should say, in Washington. Uh, the highest paid employee at what three million per year had ten yeah. million left on his contract. Decided he tried to go the religious exemption from the vaccine. Did not work. Would not take the vaccine. Him and a couple other assistant coaches can today, and forgoes ten million on his Wazoo contract, and forgoes the shot. That's I mean. Politics aside, I would do a lot of things for $10 million. I'm just going to say that. Do you want to list the things that you were telling us earlier? Well, I would say... Oh, here we go. I'll just ask you, and you tell me, and they'll be you know, appropriate. You tell me yes or no, as Connor's looking that up. Uh, would you lick a public or a gas station or rest stop toilet seat for $10 million? Uh, Yeah. All the way around. Too. All the way around that <laughs> toilet seat, I would do. <laughs> Oh, you go above and beyond. That's exceeding. I would even do the underside of it for $10 million. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> you wouldn't? You wouldn't? No, I, I mean, I probably would. I just didn't think that you were going to go that deep into it. By the way, if you're talking about the underside of a toilet, Casey Paws was at the underside of a toilet, dude. He was really fucking bad. What were his How's stats? that for a transition? Dude, 42% completions percentage. Ooh. Okay. 14, 1,476 yards, 5.4 yards per attempt, five touchdowns, 17 interceptions in Whoa. 2004. Okay. Whoa. So I stand corrected. He's bad, bro. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I stand corrected. Dylan Morris is the worst quarterback since Casey Poss. Well, Ronnie Fouch was before, like, was after that. Yeah. So. But we decided we're not, Ronnie Fouch doesn't belong in the conversation. 20. Because yeah. Ronnie Fouch wasn't the starting quarterback for like going into the season, he was a sure. backup. Yeah, that's that Casey Paws who took over for Cody Pickett for those who don't remember in 2004. So after Cody Pickett graduated in 2003, he put up that trash can of a performance in 2004. Okay, I stand corrected. Dylan Morris and Casey down at the bottom. Wow, 
What you were asking steps. questions, Justin? No, I mean, that was the segue. I mean, I could go into it. I was the last one is for entertainment. If anyone's still listening by now, Sam, would you live <laughs> in Paris for 10 years? No. <laughs> oh shit what <laughs> hell no dude no way i wouldn't even live in new york for 10 years <laughs> oh my god uh, how about for five for five years oh i i would think about it yeah probably but it's a decision like you have to think about it and it's not yeah right. the toilet was easy paris <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. The cool. underside of the toilet was easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Paris. I think it's yeah. like I think it's the long. It's the duration is what really gets me. Sure. It's like nothing against Paris, but that sure mean, sounds like something against Paris. No, it's just big <laughs> cities in general. Uh, Except Tokyo, I could live in Tokyo for ten years. Oh, the ramen. Oh, that would. Yep, ten million dollars of ramen sounds pretty good. Sounds a lot better than UW football right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Any other closing thoughts? No, we're getting pretty squirrely here. We should yes. wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the underside of rest area toilets here. Well, that's, I mean, that's the state of the UW football, you know, program. I mean, we're going to talk. We about brought up Casey of... Paws tonight, guys. Oh, that's brutal. And Ronnie Fouch. That's where we're at. And we're comparing it. We're comparing them to our quarterback right now. Five years ago, we were in the fucking college football playoff. What the hell happened to this program? I swore I would never say he who shall not be named name on the podcast. But I'm I already said close. it, dude. I already said it. Oh, I know you did. I'll say I'm it again. saying I don't think I was. I don't think I'm gonna say. I'm not ready to go there. That's a dark place. It's approaching it. It's approaching it. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for listening, folks. As always, we appreciate the support. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already. And leave us a message via the anchor link in our description. Until next time. Go dogs.